we're talking about the art of wrestling here uh, in this series. And if you guys were here for last week, the, the basic premise of this idea of wrestling is that faith, in my opinion, can best be described as wrestling. It's, uh, we're often taught that faith is like thinking happy, positive thoughts and uh, finding a way to live in a way to where we see everything around us in this like cup half full way. So the idea we get is that for us to live by the Spirit of God means that we are always looking at, you know, at life, at ourselves, at, at, at all things and saying, man, I'm just so happy today. I'm so blessed and highly favored. I'm the head and not the tail. Everything is phenomenal for me today, right? Okay. Sounds like faith. But then we have that thing that happens. That person dies. Um, we get sick. We lose our job. We, uh, we go through divorce. Something happens in our life that we just cannot find a way to think happy thoughts through it. We can't find a way to speak happy things to it. And it's just so real and it's so painful and it hurts so much that we just can't fake it anymore. And so in this place, we find ourselves frustrated and angry, and, and we begin to kind of get down ourselves and also mad at God, because we just say, if this is what it means to follow God, I just can't keep doing it. But what we talked about in the scriptures is we had this guy in the Old Testament, his name is Jacob, and of course his name means the, the deceiver, and he has this long story in his life to where he's this person who makes things happen for himself. But in the story, he finds himself in a place that he cannot fix. He can't make it better. You know, he's stuck. And, and basically, he's come to the end of his rope. And in this situation, he's met by this, this figure, you know, this human, which we find out is God. And so he chooses to wrestle this man. He chooses to wrestle God all night long. And so at the end of this, we see his life kind of um, pivots in this moment. And so uh, when the sun rises, God speaks to him and says, from now on, your name is not Jacob anymore, not the deceiver, you know, uh, the person who walks around in deception. Your name is now Israel, which means the man who's wrestled with God. And so from that moment on, you know, he, he becomes his father of this faith, of this nation. And his name, Israel, becomes the name that is linked to the people of God on the earth. So from this moment on in history, we will think about to be a child of God, to be the people of God means that we will be known as Israel, known as the people who wrestle with God. And this is what faith really looks like in life. When we hit pain and frustration and anger and loss and uh, just we hit the end of our rope in life, faith looks a lot less pretty, clean, neat, and nice and a lot more grimy and sweaty and just real, right? And so faith really is wrestling. It's finding a way to take what's real in our life. I'm angry, I'm bitter, I'm hurt, I'm lost, I'm broken, I'm blank, 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 blank. But I trust you. And so we find a way to put one foot here and one foot here, and we just begin to just lock up with God. And we are just frustrated 
and it's this, this mixture of being totally honest and vulnerable and, and, and just allowing where we are and what's real to us to pour out of it, but also allowing what we desire and how we see God to meet it. And so it's this place where what's real to us and then also the image of God that, that's also real to us, saying it doesn't feel like you're faithful. It doesn't look like you're here, but I want to believe that you are. And it's this, this place where it meets and we begin to wrestle with God. So what happens also is that in this process of having to wrestle with God, the hardest part about it is that faith, if you would, it doesn't take place on Sunday mornings. Uh, you know, here in the sanctuary with the great, with the songs and the lighting and, the, you know, with the preacher up on the stage, you know, it's, this is not where faith, if you would, you know, begins to hit the road. It's not where faith becomes real for us. The problem is that we have to begin to be people who walk by faith in actual life, Monday through Saturday. And the problem about this, is this idea that God expects us to walk and to be people of faith in life, is that life is hard. Would you say that life is hard? Okay. Let me say this to you. If there's anyone in this room who could tell me, you know what, yeah, it's not easy, but I have a good grip on it. What I would say is this, in the nicest, most loving way, you're either lying, okay, or you are only looking at a very small piece of life, meaning, you know what, you know, when I say life, I mean, you know, I found a way to take care of work, I've got work going, or yes, like the, the marriage is doing well, but when you begin to step back in life and look at everything that life really is, the good, the bad, the people, the... the situations, scenarios, the things that you have control over, the things that you don't have control over, the farther back you begin to step away from, you know, if you would, your day-to-day -day routine, the more you begin to see how big life is. Um, one of the things that helped, if you would, in moments in my life where I begin to feel as if, how do you say this, I feel like I have a handle on life. You know, okay, well, you know, yes, we got lots going on, but I think I've got it under control. When I'm in that place, what helps me the most is just to look up at night. Now, the one good thing about living in Arkansas is there's not a lot in Arkansas. Agreed? No light pollution. So when you look up in Arkansas, what do you see? Oh, stars. <laughs> What helps me is that whenever I look up, I realize maybe I don't have this thing under control. Maybe I really don't have the kind of grip on life that I thought. Maybe I'm not as important. Maybe I'm not as big. Maybe I'm not as powerful. Maybe I'm not as intelligent or smart or spiritual as I thought I was because maybe I'm actually really small in this world because you might have figured out work but have you figured out your marriage? You might have figured out your marriage, but you know, have you figured out how to have friends? You might have figured that out, but have you figured out how to walk with God? You might have figured that out, but have you stepped back and looked at God? You might have figured that out, but have you stepped back and think about eternity and time and reality and death? Cheery? Here's the idea. Here's the whole point. You might feel like you have it under control, but it's only because you're looking at a small piece of what life is. 
When you step back and really begin to take the whole thing in, you begin to realize that you are swallowed up in something far bigger than you are, something that you cannot control, and you are unable to control everything in this world, and you are small. And so what happens in this is, in life at some point, we have to accept the fact that we are not in control and that life is big and it's scary and, and it's, it's, it's a place that just is just too much for us to handle on our own. And so, you know, it, the weird thing about life is it's also just small things that remind us how big life is. Uh, last night with Rachel, she's eight months old. Holding her in the bathroom, you know, with, with all the steam going on, and like hearing her cry, it, I mean, if you've heard a child with croup, it's just the, like the weirdest thing. I mean, you have an eight-month-old child who sounds like a 50-year-old chain smoker. You're just like, this is not like, this isn't right. This doesn't sound right. And she's crying, and she, <laughs> you know, and then she tries to breathe, and it sounds like she's a chain smoker. And then she gets upset and cries more, and it makes it worse. And it's just this terrible snowball, right, that's just like snowballing to a night with no sleep. That's what it is. And so, you know, it's amazing how, like, these little moments are the ones that remind you, goodness gracious, life is kind of hard, right? Because eight-month-old, don't you realize I have a sermon in the morning? <laughs> and that's really important, you know? Yeah, sure. So what happens with us with faith, with wrestling, is that, you know, it's not just that, that we have to wrestle with God. It's that with the wrestle with God in life, in everyday real life. When the kids are sick, when you get fired, when you, you know, have this boss or, or employee who's just a pain in the butt, when you have a spouse who is just so gifted at getting right under your skin, <laughs> or an ex-spouse who's gifted at getting under your skin. Anybody else? Okay, okay. <laughs> on and on and on and on. The problem is is that we have to learn to walk by faith in everyday, real life. Unspiritual, not flattering, not, you know, churchy life. That's the hardest part for most of us, you know, because it's not hard to come into, you know, the absolute right environment and to have a moment with God where you just kind of feel Him or you care about Him or whatever. What's hard is to go back from this place or from that place and to go back into real life and find a way to walk in faith and to, to trust God in everyday life. That's the hard part for most of us. And so what's going on here with all this is this. It's very simple. There's a question that we all have to ask ourselves and we have to ask God. What does God want from us? How can he expect us to be spiritual when we have to live this crazy life every single day? Has anyone ever felt that way at all? I mean, how is he expecting me to be the spiritual person when I have to go, I have to wake up every morning, I have to go into these environments that are just the exact opposite of anything that has anything to do with God, right? In the old days, what I used to teach people was spiritual disciplines, right? It, it, you know, it's this concept of, you know, if I could just teach you how to take church with you every single day. So that the idea was we want to teach everyone how to read their Bibles, how to pray, um, 
how to fast, you know, speak scriptures, things like this. And all these things have great value, okay? So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying they don't. But there's a point to where trying to bring, if you would, trying to bring God into your life, it's just, it's exhausting. And so we've all tried to find these little ways to do it. So we turn our car into like a worship sanctuary, right? So, so uh, you know, we have some people in here who, <laughs> they make it through the day because when they get in their car, they've got the worship music going. Oh, I'm just, okay, 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 I'm good. And it's this, you know, it's this idea that God's over here and life is over here. And so I've got to find a way to just kind of bring God with me into this. And for most of you in this room, you had great intentions, okay? You know, well, I'm at lunch break today. I'm going to bring my Bible and read or, 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 or fast and pray. And again, it started out really good. But what happens eventually with that plan? Anyone who's honest this morning, what happens to it eventually? A month goes by, three months, six months, and you stop. Not sure if you realize this or not, but God's pretty big. And so trying to do this with God is going to wear you out. And so trying to find a way to continue to just pull him into these environments that, that you know, in your mind he's not there is, is something that we're only able to do, if you would. This effort and striving and pulling and wrestling with God is something that we're, we're not built for it. And so it begins to wear you out. And so this place of wrestling with God and the wrestling with life, and you just get fed up with it. And so you find yourself just being like, I don't have enough energy to wrestle with you anymore, God, so I'm just going to wrestle with life, and then if I have anything left, I'll bring it to you. Does that sound like anybody in this room this morning? Okay, it's a lot more of you than just one. And so you come here on Sunday, and the songs are playing, and it takes you four songs to even be like, you know, you know half a smile. We are approaching this the entire wrong way. That's what I want to teach you this morning, okay? Living by faith, being spiritual people in everyday life is not about wrestling to bring church with you or to drag God into it. What you're missing is that that's the place that God has always wanted to meet you anyway. This is actually something that is abnormal, if you would. In the Old Testament scriptures, what you find is this people who is all about trying to give God a house. It's all about God having a house. Uh, he starts out with a tent, and then, you know, you know, he has a temple, and that gets broken, and he has a second, you know, temple, and that gets broken too. And they're just so frustrated. We want to give God a house. But what they keep missing is that all their stories are about God showing up outside of the house. God showing up outside of the tent, and God showing up in all these places that he wasn't supposed to be, but yet they're still trying to get him back, get back in the house. And here we are trying to do the exact same thing. We have to understand about Sundays, Sundays are not for you to come to find God. Sundays are for you to come find each other. The idea of Sunday is that we're in the world getting exhausted and, fr and frustrated and we're tired because we are in the world, and that's the place we're sent to. The idea of Sunday is that we come back and we find each other because there are parts of God that he's, he's chosen to hide in each other, 
And so the idea is that there is a certain part of encountering God that can only be done when we meet together. But that's not where we begin to meet Him as individuals. There's a difference. We did a series last year called Tents and Temples, and and basically the whole idea was to teach you how the Bible is trying to illustrate that God is not here, that He is here, and He's here, and He's here, and He's everywhere, and He's in everything. And the idea is not about learning how to, if you would, to go chase God down where He is. Pastor Larry, um, he wrote a book with Tommy Tinney called God Chasers sold millions of copies. I mean, I'm not sure how many copies sold, but it was everywhere in the 90s. I'm not sure if you ever heard about that, but it was everywhere in the 90s. I love everything about it <laughs> except for the premise, the idea that we're chasing God. Good luck with that pursuit. Now, they got the conclusion absolutely right because the whole point isn't that we're going to go find him anywhere. The whole point is he's right here. It's, we're seeing it backwards. So, how do we say this? So in this whole process, what's going on here is I, I want to kind of change the way that you understand what it means to be with God, to, to walk by faith, to, to be in relation with Him in your actual life. Now, through the everyday of your life, at work, at home, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, here's something for you. We cannot master faith, but rather we have to learn how to catch what God is doing by His Spirit in every moment and in every place in our lives. Think of a sailboat. Have you guys ever seen those um, one-man schooner boats, you know what I'm talking about? Where it, it, it's like this tiny little like sailboat, and it's, it's only big enough for one person to get into it. And when you get into it, it's awkward and it's, it's unstable, and it, it, it just looks very unsafe, right? Okay. We live in Arkansas, really far away from that. Okay, I understand. I get it. Okay, but it's a small boat with a small sail. It's made for one person. And the idea is when you get in this thing, again, it is, it is unstable and it's scary. It's just, it's light and rickety, so the waves hit it and it just does all this number, okay? But it's not designed to be this boat that's able to cut through waves and to, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's made for one purpose. It's light and small and Wow. when you begin to raise this sail, it's built for one purpose, that when it's able to catch the wind, it's able to take off and stay with that wind in a way that few ships can because it's light and it's nimble and it's only got one purpose, to catch the wind and to go with it wherever it's going. In the Gospel of John chapter 3, what he says He talks about the Spirit of God, and he's saying that those who are with God, those who are the sons of God, are like the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God, it comes and goes wherever it wishes, just like the wind. This analogy of the Spirit and wind is something that's common uh, in the Scriptures. And the idea of what it means for us to walk with God in life is much like this kind of a schooner sailboat. It's not about us learning how to set sail in this monster ship and, you know, it doesn't matter what God brings or or what life brings. We're going to, you know, just kind of, you know, cut right through all the different waves. We're not this destroyer ship that's just going to, you know, just, you know, plow through life. What we are called to be is this little schooner ship 
that is unstable and scary and rickety and only has one purpose, to catch the breeze. And when the Spirit of God moves, we are designed to be able to just kind of go with Him. It's not that we're going to cut through things, but we are going to ride over them. It's not that we're going to have this amazing power and energy and force to, you know, to overcome all things. It's that if we would be completely reliant on the Spirit of God in life, that we would find a way to just, just to kind of continue to ride over all the ups and downs in life. Now, Galatians, the passage uh, this morning which we started, if you look here, it says, it says uh, verse 16, it says, walk by the Spirit. Uh, that's not the verse I wanted. <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'm sorry about that. Verse 25, it says, since we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. The message version does a great job of kind of expounding on this, but you know, he, turns in the, he turns this one little passage into like six pages, and so I couldn't read it to you this morning. But basically, in that one verse, he's summarizing uh, the entire passage about what it means to live by the Spirit. You have to understand this. To a Jew, the law was not a way of being inside. How do I put this? We think about the law as a way to get saved. So the way that we see the law was the Jews had to do all these things so that God would save them, so that they'd be included in the family. But that's the opposite of how Jews understood the law. The Jews understood the law because, see, it's all these things that we do. We don't eat pork and we, you know, all the fun stuff, circumcision, you know, all the different things. We do the law because we're already in the circle. We're already in it. And so the idea is because we're in this with God, this is how we live. And so in Galatians, we have this understanding that for us, it's not the written law anymore. It's the law of the Spirit. And it's not that we have to be led by the Spirit to be in the group. What it means is if we're really in the group, we are led by the Spirit. If we've actually sat down in this little schooner sailboat, if we've committed to a life being led by God, we're already sitting in this rickety, scary, broken vessel. If we've actually committed to this, and the way that we are to live life is to, to raise that sail and allow the Spirit of God to lead us through life. And so what he says is, is for all of us who, who are choosing to live by the Spirit, who are choosing to allow God to lead us every day, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. What does in step mean? Does anyone have any idea what that means, in step? If I'm walking and you're walking, what's in step mean? Synchronize. I, I love that. Yeah, we're stepping together, right? Um, like a military march, right? They're all, the feet come up and go down the exact same time. This analogy goes right back to the idea of wind. It's the idea that, again, when you are in a sailboat, you are at the mercy of the wind, okay? And what happens with this idea is that we are going to set sail, and again, wherever God is going, whatever He is doing, we are doing it. Now, the reason I want to kind of hit this home is because what you understand about faith, about wrestling with God, about, you know, choosing to be a Christian and, and someone who walks by the Spirit, if you would, every single day, 
It's not about finding a way to, again, draw God into your life. It's not about trying to, to have your worship music and your prayer time and your time in the scriptures. Those are all very important things, but this is not the way that it works. The way that it works is not us pulling God into the moment, not, God, not us pulling God into our office or into the workspace or on the job site or into the bedroom. It's about us realizing that he's already there and he's already doing something. So instead of us pulling God into a situation, it's us being in the situation and stopping and saying, what are you doing now? I'm going to stop and I'm going to begin to raise my sail in that moment. Spirit of God, what are you doing in this moment? Let me just be in sync with you. Think about it like this. Um, Think about those little kind of prop engines for a boat, right? Um, fishing boats, you guys ever been on a fishing boat? Okay, no one's ever fished. Okay, awesome. You guys are helping me out a lot today. Okay, so small little prop engine, right? And it goes, right? Awesome. Okay. What do those things need? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Must have been a two-stroke. You're right. What happens eventually with that thing? It runs out of gas. It's going to need more gas, right? Awesome. What have you experienced in your spiritual life? Trying to plow your way through life. Okay, well, it's a hard day. I'm going to pray harder today. Okay, it's, it, you know, at home it's been rough. So, you know, I have to fast through this. And, oh, it's been rough. I have to read my Bible more. And then what happens? You run out. Have you been in one of those boats when the gas runs out? What happens? You are now... And now you are going to be moved by what? The waves. Now, whatever happens in your life, good or bad, you're going to go with it, baby. If it's a good day, oh, it's good things are happening, awesome. Oh, we got money back on our tax returns. God's so good. <laughs> right? Oh, come on. You guys have a happy dance. Come on. Okay. And then <laughs> next year hits, and you don't get money back. The opposite. We, you know, <laughs> the opposite. Okay. Sad face. What happens is when your motor runs out, when you're trying in your effort, I'm going to be a better Christian, I'm going to pray harder and, you know, be in the Scriptures more. When that runs out, you just become dead at sea, lost, and you are moved by everything else in your life. And guess what? This, I've just described most of your spiritual walks. You have a few months or a year where you do really good, you know, and then all of a sudden you're just this. Frustrated, confused at God, and I mean, life just takes you away. You were not designed to operate that way. You were not designed to be reliant on a motor or on, if you would, your spiritual works, your prayer life, your, your you know, your, your reading of Scripture. Those are all crucial, and you know, those things have a place. That's not what we are to rely on. Because again, the problem is this, we, if we begin to rely on those things, at some point we're actually choosing to rely on who? Ourselves. It's my ability to get in the scriptures, my ability to get into the word and to get into prayer and all these different things. We're also not supposed to be people who are reliant on the circumstances of life, on the waves of life, the ups and downs. Well, we are people who are, we are, people who are supposed to be reliant on the wind of the Spirit. 
Meaning, we are absolutely supposed to be reliant on one thing, and that is God. What God does and what He does and does, that is what we are supposed to be moved by in our life. Not by circumstances and not by our spiritual motor, if you would. Because it doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian or how serious you are about it, your motor will run out. And if you haven't learned how to sail yet, you're stuck. Because the one thing that we can count on is that the wind of the Spirit will never stop blowing. That's the only thing that we can count on. Now, the good news about this is that it is actually a very, very simple thing to do. Now, I didn't say it's easy, but it's a very simple thing to do. What we have to do to learn to, if you would, to live by the Spirit, to, you know, to allow God to carry us through our lives, first of all is this. We have to begin to change the way that we see everything else, meaning this is not what is sacred and spiritual in our lives, okay? Everything else is just as sacred and spiritual. Sacred means that we expect God to be there. Okay, like, for example, like the, 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 the bread and Welch's, you know, juice. Okay, we call this a sacred thing, meaning it's a place where we expect God to show up and meet us. What you have to get into your head is that every single place in your life is sacred. The problem is that you don't treat it that way. The problem is that I don't expect God to show up whenever I'm holding my little girl, you know, um, in the bathroom with the steam and all this kind of stuff. It's amazing last night what happened to me. You know, I'm supposed to be a pastor, you know, supposed to be very spiritual and all. But when that baby starts crying for the fourth time and it's 3 a.m., oh, thank you, Jesus, for this baby crying in my ear. Such a blessing from heaven. I am the head and not the tail today. (laughs) That is not what you say, right? You hit the other one. It's your turn. You're the head today. You're blessed and highly favored. Now go take care of that baby. That's what you say, right? But it's amazing what happens because um, I just could not get the sermon for the life of me like, uh, this way. I couldn't get anything. And, uh, and so obviously it's 3 a.m. And I'm trying to be, you know, this happy father who's so glad that I'm up and I'm you know, sopping wet in the bathroom. It's 3 a.m. I'm exhausted. I'm trying to really embrace it, you know. But if I'm being honest, I'm not thinking happy thoughts at this moment, okay? And it's amazing how when you just slow down, right? When you just kind of put up your sail in that moment, what are you saying, God? What are you doing in this moment? It's amazing how you realize what that moment can be. It's amazing. And so in this moment when it feels like there's waves, it feels like this, you know, this, this awful situation, you know, all of a sudden you just kind of put your sail up and just kind of, okay, Lord, where are you going to take me? What are you doing in this moment? It's amazing to see what he does and where he takes you. And I want to take, probably take about 30 seconds for me. And I go from this place of just frustration and anger and questions, you know, whatever, just being human, to this moment of, I mean, you would have thought the, uh, the uh, cloud of God's presence, you know, just kind of filled the, you know, 
the bathroom. But it wasn't, it was steam. You know. <laughs> Same thing, right? This is what your worst moment at work can be. When you're fighting with your spouse, you know, you know, in the car, this is what that moment can be. When you're, you know, um, in line at McDonald's to get your food, and you're, you know, you're in a rush, and you're, 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 you're you know, you know, you're late. That's what this moment can be for you. You just have to learn to slow down and to put up your sail. Now, how do we do that? Um, very simply, it's just choosing to be aware of things. How do I say this? Um, think about date nights with your spouse. Is it possible to be on a date with your spouse? Um, you know, uh, Valentine's is coming up. Is it possible for you guys to be out um, at the movie lounge and you guys are out here and it's supposed to be, you know, it's Valentine's, we're hanging out, but you are just, you're physically here, but you're emotionally, mentally, is that possible? This is, that is what we're talking about. It's that simple. It's learning to just be engaged here, not somewhere else. See, at 3 o'clock this morning, it wasn't like the Spirit of God just like touched down in the bathroom. You know, it wasn't like the Spirit of God was kind of like, you know, uh, flying to India and goes, hey, let's go ahead and stop and see Devin. <laughs> it's not how it works. It's he's everywhere at all times. And he's just waiting well, it's been a great day, you know. Uh, food was great, Devin, but, uh, you know, would you like to talk a little bit? It's just, it's that simple. Um, in the Scriptures, when they're talking about the kingdom of heaven, one of the fun things about the way that Jews understood uh, God was that His realm was not uh, in the sky. So, like, one of the words for heavens... Uh, which, which sometimes we turn into, into clouds, if you would. Sometimes when we say in the heavens, we're talking about like up there. But with the Jews, one of the ways that they understood heaven was not that it was up there, but that it was literally just a different realm, as if it's just all around us. So when God was in the heavens, so when it's the kingdom of heaven, it wasn't like he was way up there. It's that this thing that's all around us is starting to show up to where it's always been here, but now we can see it and touch it, taste it, feel it. And so what happens in your life is this. It's very simple. You have to learn to stop and just whatever way you have to do. You know, just if you have to pray or just talk to the Lord, what are you doing? Where are you in this moment? Um, you know, I've been able to learn to do this. Sometimes I do this well. In all different circumstances, uh, in a hospital room, you know, when it's a, a place where there's sickness and fear and there's death, and you're supposed to be, you know, feeling certain things. And if you would just put your sail up, Lord, what are you doing here? It's, again, you will be amazed how near God is and how active and at work He is when you would just slow down to be aware of Him. So when it comes to learning to, to walk by faith in everyday life, it, it, it's this simple. You have to learn to put your sail up. We are people that, in the Scriptures are told, that we are the, the sons of God that are led by the Spirit of God. And that just sounds so weird to us. We don't get to have a manual anymore. 
You know, we don't get to treat the Bible as law anymore. We don't get to have the Bible and say, okay, if I do this and I do this and I do this, he's going to show up. We don't get that luxury anymore. What we're told is we get to live by the Spirit. And that sounds really great on paper, but in real life it's frustrating because what's so frustrating about, about rules and about the law is that we can control it. Okay, I, you know, I have to do this and do this and do this. What's so frustrating about the Holy Spirit is that we cannot control it. You can't. The only thing that you can choose to do is to go with him. When you, no matter what he's doing, you choose to go with him. But here's the thing. If you're not going with the Spirit of God, you're going against the Spirit of God. Um, when you have your little prop engine on the boat, okay, you're going against what? Waves, right? What else are you going against? The wind. <laughs> yeah, which, which you know, creates our current. Right? And so what happens is with the wind, again, when you are plowing through life with your spiritual hat on and you're, you're praying, you're your scriptures, you are often completely oblivious to what God is doing in your life. And you often find yourself going head to head with what God is trying to do in you and through you and for you. Half the time, the reason that we're getting so exhausted in life is because we, we find ourselves wrestling with what God is actually trying to do. The story of Jacob is not a story of this man who triumphs, you know, uh, with God. He's not, he's, he's not this man who wrestles with God and he beats God. You know, it, it, it's almost sarcastic in the way that, that in the scriptures they talk about it. Oh, you know, you, Jacob, you know, well, now we know it's Israel. You know, you know, the man who wrestled with God and won. It's sarcastic. It's supposed to be. No, you didn't really win. What happened was I wore you out, Jacob, and now you're exhausted. And, you know, you don't have any other choice but to go on with the limp and to be this reliant image of what it means to trust God. Meaning, for us to live by faith is not learning to power our way with scriptures and prayer through life. It's learning to just let go and go with God. I'm not sure how to explain this. I want to bring you up, Michael, almost, and like, you know, <laughs> the demonstration with like, anyways... He has kung fu power, so if you guys, you know, like, are just, just like, curious about that kind of stuff, this guy, Michael Young, it's amazing. But, but I warn you, he's very strong. <laughs> you guys are like, what are you talking about? It's amazing. It's not a process of just effort. I'm pushing and trying, and now I, I'm growing into this, you know, mega monster Christian. It's learning that you're not in control anyway, and... The more that I try and I push, I am pushing not only against the waves of life, but I am pushing against the Spirit of God at work in my life. Growing into a mature believer is learning how to put yourself up and just go wherever the Spirit of God is taking you. And the problem is this. He will take you into places and He will do things in you and through you that you would never have chosen for yourself. And often when he puts us in the exact place we need to be, it's the place we think we shouldn't be. And so we start a little motor, and we're trying to get out of it. And God's saying, no, I'm going to keep blowing you back and blowing you back until you run out of your energy and you choose to just trust me and let go. Let me take you where I desire to take you. Would you guys stand with me this morning? I understand sometimes that when we talk about these things, it's frustrating because 
We like to have answers to our questions that we can act on. That makes sense. So it would be easier for us this morning if I told you, if you're having trouble with your faith, you just got to try harder. So what we're all going to do this week is, you know, head home and we're all going to read 10 verses and we're all going to pray for 10 minutes. We're all going to fast for one day. And like everyone be like, yeah, we can do that. Woo, right? It's easier. It's, it's in your control, isn't it? I can do that. But when I come here and tell you, oh, no, see, if you're struggling in your life, the goal is to let go. What does that even mean? Confucius say. <laughs> but I, but it, it feels counterintuitive. It feels the opposite of the way it should be to us. And I think that's why it's so difficult for us. But if you really think about it, it makes absolute sense. The only way for us to truly be leaning and trusting God is for us to let go and be reliant upon God. The problem with the other way, the problem with, with the mindset of I'm going to pray my way through it, I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, pound my scriptures through it, fast through it, just kind of push through it, is that again, you are still putting the situation in your hands. Don't get me wrong. There is a role and responsibility that we have in this, but it's not the one you think. The role and responsibility that we have is not to kind of start up the engine and to begin to plow through. The role that we have is to take our hands off and to slow down and to begin to raise up ourselves and say, God, what are you doing in me? What are you doing in the situation? What do you want to happen? How can I work with you? How can I just kind of yield, if you would? How can I cooperate with what you're trying to do in this relationship, with this coworker who's driving me crazy, with, with my spouse who we're always fighting, with my child who I just can't seem to get them you know, under control. What are you doing? How can I just catch what you're doing? Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just come to you this morning and sometimes these things are hard for us to grasp. Um, it's hard for us to imagine how to follow you or trust you or to obey you without directions, without a manual to it. Holy Spirit, I ask that you begin to speak to us this morning, that we would begin to get this image, this idea, that, that you would show each person this morning exactly what it means for them to be in step with your spirit, exactly what it means for them to raise up their sail and to just kind of go with you and not to push against you or to plow through or push through or pray through or I ask that you would show each person specifically what this looks like for them in their situations. And Holy Spirit, we just ask in all this in the same way that we continue to learn how to be present, how to study and to grow in our relationships with our spouses and our friends, how to just to learn to be with people and to learn from them, ask that we would learn how to do this with you, Holy Spirit. That we would learn how to hear you and to sense you, to yield to you, to work with you, to communicate with you. And I ask that the weight and the burden of being a, a, a good Christian would just be lifted uh, off of this church, off of these families. The burden of having to pray enough, being scripture enough, to be sinless enough, uh, to be perfect to any standard or uh, just comparing ourselves to others, comparing ourselves even to our past. 
ask that all that weight would just drop this morning. Ask that the only image that we would truly fix our, our, our eyes on is Jesus. And Holy Spirit, ask that we would learn and realize deep in our gut that the only way we will ever follow Jesus is with your help. So this morning, before I close, if if there's anyone here who just, you've been in that situation and you just, again, you've been plowing against the waves and you've been trying and you keep finding yourself, you're pushing, 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 trying, 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 and then all of a sudden you just, you just get exhausted and you just kind of find yourself floating. And then you try again and then you're just floating again. If that's a cycle you feel like you've been in, we'd like to pray with you this morning. It's not that we have answers, you know, we don't have all the answers. But in the scriptures, there's a place where we come and we meet with God in each other. And secondly, if there's anyone uh, in, in the room, again, who you have not started this, this relationship with God, we'd like to change that. And in the scriptures, it's very simple. The way that we start this relationship with God is first by choosing to just to allow Him to be God, allowing Him to be the King and the Lord and all that kind of stuff. And in that, we choose to stop with the motor and stop with the trying and we choose to just let go and to live a life of reliance to where we're not moved by the waves we're not pushed through by our effort but we are guided by by the move of God in our lives so if any of that kind of touches your heart we're going to be here to pray with you Father I speak blessing over all the families in this room I thank you for what you're doing in this place and in this family. I ask that Grace Church would be a people who look like Jesus, not because we're perfect or we say the right things or we're always, you know, uh, under control and calm and, and have this amazing family. I ask that we would be a church and a family that looks like God because we're honest and we're reliant. And without you, we're a mess. And I ask that we would be a people that the entire city and region would just love to be around because of how real we are and through our weaknesses, through our faults, through the imperfections that they would see God. 